What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the newest gaming podcast on the internet, Final Checkpoint. My name is Joel. And I'm Ben. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and TheGameFanatics.com every week. This week, we are talking about E3 and GameStop fighting to stay alive. (laughs) And then uh, afterwards, we're going to talk about some games that we're playing, so stick around for that. We've got some interesting things. Uh, Ben's completed a whole slew of games. I... Yeah played uh the call of duty modern warfare beta so if you want to hear some thoughts on that uh stay tuned after the topics ben episode number three we've got mm-hmm. some cool topics to talk about um mainly like two staples of the gaming industry that are struggling to kind of uh find their i guess relevancy in, in this day and age of sure. digital and and you know different types of conventions like packs and gamescom and stuff like that that are kind of taking more of the uh i guess the air so Let's go ahead and start with the changes that are rumored for E3. So the ESA has reportedly been looking to kind of use more like celebrities and influencers and streamers to bring life back into E3 and make it more like a fan-focused convention instead of more of like a media convention kind of a thing. Um, I mean, we saw Sony kind of drop out this last E3, and then ever since then it's kind of been like, why, do, why is E3 even around? We don't need it. They kind of stumbled into allowing more of like the public in so let's uh let's let's get your thoughts what what do you think the e that uh the esa is uh thinking here like do you think this is a smart plan do you think it's just them kind of trying to make their money i I think this is a plan they kind of have to do um and you mentioned sony pulling out of e3 ea wasn't it in e3 proper i think microsoft just had a the mixer booth this year yeah nobody's really like there it feels like yeah they're they're like in the vicinity but they're not at the show floor which is obviously what's gonna make the esa money um and it was smart i think overall to open this show up to the public a couple years ago and they've had some growing pains with that and that was kind of the beginning of this you know this next push of okay it's a it's a fan show. It's another PAX. It's a whatever. Uh, I think that's smart for them. I don't know how well it's going to end up working necessarily uh, because PAX is all. I mean, PAX is so big. And if anyone had asked me, hey, do you want to go? Like, do I go to E3 or do I go to PAX? I would have just said go go to PAX. I mean, all the all the E3 demos that you play in June are the same demos at PAX Prime or PAX West two months later. So you're not missing anything, really. Um, it, it's it's weird, and it's going to be tough for a lot of the media folks to... Wh- where is there going to be something to where... Like, because there's that E3 Judges Week where you get to see all the games, and it's, it's big publications go there and see everything before the show. Yeah. And that's kind of a large... A, a large portion of the media cycle of games in general has an origin point at E3 still. And I just wonder, will that change or not? And if there's, if there's a plan for that, it just basically what they put out was a paragraph and I need a little more information to see what path they're going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I pulled up this article on comicbook.com and they're kind of reporting that they're still going to have like a, a media day before like the main, Oh, that's right. See, that'd be new. That'd be new. There is no media day at E3. Like, that's only media. So that would be big. 
they have like the conferences and then it's like like a week of people going and like getting their interviews and behind door like demos and stuff like that um i mean and and the the whole thing with them bringing in like celebrities and like sports stars or sports they're athletes, already there whatever. um they're already there um influencers <laughs> things like that i mean gaming is changing to where like it almost feels like uh big websites have less of an impact than like influencers and streamers do you know you see uh ninja playing fortnite and it exploded you see um like other streamers playing minecraft and now minecraft is kind of back and being streamed constantly by the top streamers so they have a lot more influence on Mm -hmm. like people recognizing these games getting hyped about them and stuff like that so um i think it's smart um but i mean i don't know it's just it's so crazy with conferences now you've got all the paxes you've got gamescom and you know um tokyo game show and there's there's a whole lot more that i'm most likely not thinking about because i don't really go to them yeah um i mean i i think e3 is always kind of fun i love watching the conferences you know i I think i used to always get really hyped for sony's and not seeing them there this year made sense because they don't really have a ton to show um but it was still like cool to to see the other few years of them like doing their conferences and just getting getting excited about gaming for you know especially for what's coming and and that's kind of what this last e3 was was kind of like well we know it's kind of coming now but uh you know, Sony was kind of missing, so mm-hmm. it, a lot of people started talking about like, do we need E3? And I mean, well, they're... there's a lot of that kind of. I don't know if reactionary is the right word, but uh, oh, Sony's not here. E3's dead. It's All right, dead. like calm down, calm down. There was that couple like before the PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, are, are console games like is console gaming dead? Is this going? No, it's fine. Like, could we all just relax for five minutes? We had one E3 that didn't blow you away, and now it's dead. Just, okay, next year and the year after that, then we can diagnose if they're going in the right direction, if this pivot is worth pivoting. But yeah. and until then, it's just kind of like, okay, we, we've seen them do weird things over the years. I mean, adding it open to the public was strange i mean they had that one year in 2006 or so that was super closed off just in a hotel like very weird uh thing so they've been doing strange bizarre whatevers for a while now it it does feel like an old antiquated show in a lot of ways just because it is not built for the uh, the end user consumer person, I think they just need to work on that. Uh, it's a lot of fun though. I mean, I haven't been to E3 in five years or so, but it's really cool. I definitely do recommend going, but don't. I mean, LA sucks. Like, it's not. There's, <laughs> no, there's a lot of problems. There's problems everywhere. There's nowhere good to have it. I, cool. I think um, I think we hear a lot of like negativity about E3 from people that have been going for like years and covering it, and I, I can right. see why they might be kind of jaded by it. Um, there's talk about them possibly like partnering up with charities and um, finding new ways to kind of like combat long demo lines and finding new ways to get like more media partnerships, which which is fine. I mean, as long as they make it a place that's like welcoming to people and people can go and just check out games and get together and with like communities that they're involved in. Um, I, I think it needs to stick around just for 
the buzz. I mean, really, like, keeping people interested, keeping people, mm-hmm. you know, giving people a little sneak peek of what's coming. Because, really, like, that that's kind of what I've always seen E3 as. Is like, I watch E3 because now it's going to tell me what's going to come this fall, what's coming early next year. And that's kind of, for me, the whole reason why I really enjoy E3. It, it's almost like, exactly, I agree 100%. It's almost like a yearly physical but for video games, where you, every year you check in what's coming out to all the things I bought. And, and that's awesome about it. it. What was so cool, everyone was there showing off new stuff. And I think if you lose that, you kind of lose the magic of, of a decent part of gaming. Where We had this moment where everyone is looking at E3 and experiencing the same experiences we are experiencing. Mm, that's a weird sentence. Uh but if without that, if this if this goes away, if this dies down, if Sony's not there next year and Microsoft also isn't there, it it just becomes so lesser. And does the message remain the same? I know there's a there's always been that concern of like, well, I put out a trailer for my game at E3, and there's seventy five thousand other trailers. But that's when everyone who's into games is looking for trailers. So I feel like yeah. you almost have a better chance of getting viewed then, simply because there's more people looking for new shit as opposed to a random Tuesday. I'm like, I don't care about your stupid indie game, but it was in the sizzle reel at E3. Okay. I watched that. What's that? Cool. And, and you know, I don't know. It, it's nostalgic for this fun, awesome time. I remember watching E3 press conferences on tech TV. You know, right? Oh damn. Old school. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. like the first that. time they were televised. It was so cool. But I mean, I, I think there would be a huge gap if um, E3 wasn't there. Um, I think that there are some negative things about E3, like how, which, I mean, I, it's negative, but I was also kind of enjoy reading articles about like who won E3 or what grade do they give them? And it kind of like might put a damper on like, let's say Microsoft gets like a D minus or something like that. <laughs> it Whoa. might put a damper on the fans, you know, for being excited about those games. But like, I love reading into those articles and seeing like, how they can make it better and maybe what they should have cut out it's fun all the fifa stuff you know like things like that (laughs) that we've always kind of enjoyed fan reception to these should hopefully be very informative to developers and publishers in terms of oh you didn't like ea's conference this year because that wasn't a conference noted let's try and do better right as opposed to if you don't know and i don't know we had ten thousand views on this youtube video and most of them are just saying screw you ea that's not helpful whereas you can actually garner helpful feedback from what your hardcore audience wants and how they feel about it that's that's huge you'd think yeah yes i do think i think well you heard it here folks e3 it's dead it's like it's like getting a physical (laughs) I, I love that I, analogy though as soon as it I, pops in my head i don't know who gets excited about a physical no it's for the <laughs> games it's not my physical it's their physical and i get to look at the report i feel like it's the you know the people that come up to like like sean Layden and like uh, phil spencer i feel like it's their physical it's their <laughs> like, physical hope they're like, doing good like they're getting checked up there and shit <laughs> you, you got death stranding okay makes notes <laughs> Like, all right, you had that last they just shake year. Shake their head and like, mm. it's a lot of Forza you showed up there. Like, like, like freaking Sony didn't even show up to their physical. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, 
Moving on. Ben, I don't know if you've heard about GameStop and their new stores. I have, but, but hear, first, I want to thank this week's sponsor. All right. I'm going to spring this on you, Joel, because you have no idea what's happening. I don't. This week's episode of Final Checkpoint is brought to you by Stuffbox. Stuffbox is a monthly curated box of things for you to enjoy featuring items from things that you might like, such as licenses as Silly Putty, Foxtrot, and the rock band Kiss. Last month, I got in my stuff box a watch, and it was, it was just a watch. It wasn't, it wasn't branded. You know what? I think it might have just been a package that was delivered to the wrong address. Um, so oh. I, didn't, I didn't get my package last month. But uh, the previous months, I've received a marble. It was blue. So if you want cool items delivered right to your door, hopefully monthly, and experience all the awesome stuff from Stuffbox, we have a great offer for you. Enjoy 25% off your first Stuffbox going to stuffbox.com slash what and entering promo code huh that's stuffbox.com says what entering promo code huh thank you stuffbox Franny, but thank you stuffbox for the sponsorship <laughs> and uh what's in the box i don't know my neighbor's box I <laughs> my neighbor's <laughs> stuff on accident i, I just love loved the idea like i got this watch well i don't think i'm supposed to have this watch that's I don't think that's my This watch. is not enjoyable for me. <laughs> Hope you enjoy my, my brain aneurysm. I, I loved it. I think it's I think that's redundant actually. Brain aneurysm. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah. GameStop's doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. So GameStop, another <laughs> another business that is uh struggling closer to, to death's door. It's definitely closer than I would say E three. Um yes. so they lost like a ton of money. I think after they, I mean, a lot of it is kind of like weirdly measured. I think is that your professional there's... like they lost a lot of money, guys. Like a ton. Like I think it was like six hundred and seventy. They ha- lost a lot of money, but I think they're profitable. So they still make like over a billion dollars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A year. Okay. But they're trending so they lost, way down. Yeah. Like they lost six hundred seventy-three million in two thousand eighteen. Their stock has just like plummeted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they started kind of laying off, um, like district managers and regional managers. And them. then recently, um, they laid off more staff, including people from game informer, which was really sad to see. Um, and then they announced that they'd be closing like 150 to 200 stores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they, they say a lot of it is more like to kind of prevent worse things from happening they're kind of getting ready to pivot in this new direction of making like specialized stores with like different themes you've got Mm -hmm. like a nostalgic store with like retro games you've got more of a boutique looking like fancy looking store so they're gonna kind of test it out they've even got like e3 esports like (laughs) builds or designs that they want to go with um i'm like so gamestop is is something i cherish you know i buy used games all the time i trade in old games i don't like even though you know, a lot of people make fun of the fact that, oh, you get two cents for this trade-in. It's like, well, sometimes this game's just going to sit on my fucking shelf, so I'm going to trade it in and use yeah. it towards getting a new game and getting some sort of a discount so I'm not paying 60 bucks for every fucking game. So it's, it, like, they obviously they, they have to make a profit somehow. So I get it. I get it. You know, uh-huh. they don't want another copy of FIFA 2016, okay? They oh, don't need boy. it. So they're going to give you a penny for it. They're punishing you. <laughs> for buying it basically but <laughs> some games they don't even take some things anymore at a certain yeah. point it's just like no we don't want that yeah they're like no 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 no, 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 no. um you know it's kind of sad to see but it's also kind of 
like the circle of life kind of a thing where it's kind of coming back when they started buying up like EB and started popping up everywhere. A lot of like mom and pop shops started kind of going out of business. And now it's kind of starting to flip around where like people are looking for retro stuff and people are going to these shops and picking up games and, and old consoles and stuff like that. And I think GameStop is kind of like, you know, they're, they're seeing the digital market kind of grow and they're starting to lose their, their foot on the market. And it's kind of like turning on them in a way. So what, what do you think? Like, have you seen some of these designs? Well, I, I saw one and I thought it looked pretty cool. Although, you know, whatever. Did you do that well, video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. And I also am a pretty big proponent of GameStop overall. Um, they definitely do some shady shit, but overall <laughs> positive. Uh, I, I, I love it. I think these new stores, that one video um, test store, whatever it is, that looks awesome. It's a bigger, yeah. they took, you know, they take out the wall in the back and have basically a game room with CRTs set up, which is a little ridiculous. It looks kind of cramped. It's obviously going to be cramped. There's not a lot of space in these stores, but yeah. it, I think that's such a smarter way for them to go. They can't compete the way they have been. So pivot again, pivot, man. Yeah. Uh, maybe they should get a physical. Anyway, they, <laughs> this is their checkup. Is this, this is their checkup and they're dire, man. Yeah. Dire. yeah. This is like when you go to the doctor and they say, you have to start exercising, exercising like now. Yeah. Now they found a lump dead. <laughs> uh, you're dead. I know I'm your doctor, but you're going to fucking die yeah. tomorrow. You got to get <laughs> active. Uh, and, and that's kind of where they are. I was looking at the map the other day for me. So I'm in the Phoenix area, right? There's probably 10 GameStops okay. with, within 15 miles of me. And that's, that's, quite a bit. that's a quite a bit. That's too many is my point. So yeah. if they're going to make these stores, which are highly specialized and require uh, kind of a little bit more tlc than just hey here's a cash register and a dude with a price gun uh i do think they need to probably close or close close about half their stores maybe they just got too many and really focus on the ones that are left pool all the inventories make the one store that is the retro store i want to go to that one because they have all the nes and super nintendo games and i could look at their stuff there's some cool stores uh where I live that sell like used books and things and they have a big video game section. That's, that's so cool. I would love to go to GameStop and do that. And they've been pivoting again into this more retro angle, make the retro store. I want to go to the retro store or there's a board gaming store. Let's do that. Maybe they start looking at mom and pop places around where they are and go, Hey, why don't we partner with them? And have, just buy even buy them out, and then that's a GameStop that's the same freaking store, but now it's part of an umbrella and doesn't have to worry about all the press, uh, pressures of uh, running a business these days. I, I think it's smart. I don't know if it's going to end up working overall, but I, I, I'd love to see it work. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think they – I mean, this is kind of like a weird recommendation considering like like – blockbusters pretty much gone but redbox redbox is kind of doing really well with rentals and i think if gamestop had more of a rental section 
I think they would probably make some money off that. I mean, if you think about like, I don't know, Gamefly, things like that. Like sure. for people that maybe don't want to do a monthly subscription, being, being able to go and rent a game and then Wasn't there... having the option to buy it. Oh my gosh, hold it. on, hold on. They're, they did something like this. Hold so on. they were testing it yeah. and they ended up like canceling it or something like that. But I think okay. it'd be smart. Like I go, I put a card on file and I'm like, I want to rent, you know, these two games. And then, you know, you get charged for a certain amount of days. And then let's say you keep it for 30 days. Maybe they charge you the game. Like I think, I think that's a part of the business that they're not focusing on because maybe they're not seeing like Redbox as a competitor, but it is a competitor. And so is Gamefly. And these are like, they're thinking they're just competing with digital stores and digital storefronts, but they're also competing with, you know, in rural areas where we don't have great internet, people are still renting and they're doing it through Redbox and they're doing it through Gamefly. And, I, and I that's agree, where they're kind of missing out. But there's a big, uh, thing we're missing and that the public library has games a lot of times i i haven't gone to my library but whatever uh yeah but then there's books in the way and people this i gotta go through the need to be quiet but it's free (laughs) but it's free and you can go there and rent video games yeah that's true that's true but but, i mean a lot of people don't really know about that stuff uh, sure but and to your point i would love a video game rentals store obviously no blockbuster but to be able to go into GameStop and say, yeah, here's $10 on my credit card. I have this game. If I don't have this back to you in a month, you just charge it $10 again, and I'll give it back to you when I'm done. That sounds awesome. That's effectively what I'm using Gamefly for. And, and you know, how many times do I bring up that I love Gamefly? <laughs> all the all the damn time. All uh, the time. Like, it's a damn ad. Because it's so good. It's like every single <laughs> week I get a new game, and I play through the game, and I send it That's back, and cool. I send me another one. Yeah. It's saving me so much money. <laughs> I think it'd be great. I mean, think of how many games just sit on the shelf there that are, like, overpriced because they're sitting at $55 instead of $60. Like, mm-hmm. I think they have, you know, a way to kind of make some extra money. Um, and I say this specifically for, like, rural areas where people aren't really streaming games or buying them digitally sure. because of how long it takes to download them. Like, I mean, I think if they're looking at changing up their stores to fit the areas that they're in, this is one thing they should really consider. Um, the whole thing about like making it to where you can hang out in a GameStop and buy snacks and hang out and play with your friends. Like, I don't think people are going to really do that. I don't know. I just don't see people hanging out and I like don't go outside playing anyway. at a store. And it's like that, that might've been, you know, back when there was a lot more like maybe co-op games, but people are wanting to go home and you know, the world is more antisocial nowadays. Damn right. They want to go home. They want to be on the internet. They want to play online. I don't, I don't, I don't really I see them could. hanging around. That's why if they partner with local places that are already doing this, that know what they're doing and have community nights and all that sort of thing, it's not just going to be because I feel like they're going to end up half-assing this where, oh, here's our community night. We uh, ordered pizza and someone turned on Smash Bros. Well, thanks. Right. That's not, that's yeah. not really a community night. Whereas, oh, it's, is the 10 year anniversary of Bioshock, which is already past 10 years. Uh, we're going to put it on all the, all the TVs and we're all going to sit down and marathon Bioshock. That sounds like a cool event, right? Yeah. Maybe you would show up for that. Maybe you're going to buy whatever and they're selling snacks and who knows that could be something that's cool and different and really celebrates games. I don't know if they're equipped to do that. And I especially don't know if they're equipped to do that with 5,000 freaking stores. That's why I'm saying they have to really cull 
a lot of these places because they do not need yeah. to exist really yeah they really need to close that second location inside of the mall like like there should not be two dude there are GameStops. so many GameStop. <laughs> one of the my GameStops near me did close but I, it's literally like do i go to that one by the walmart or that one by the target or that one by the other walmart or that one in the mall or that one or that one in the other mall or that one in the other mall or that one in the other fucking mall i've been to 10 different game stops in, in yeah. phoenix the only time that comes in handy is like when you're when you go to pick up a game and they're like oh we don't have it but the other place does and you're like oh yeah. shit good that place is that does long. come in handy where i'll look for because like, i bought metal gear solid um the hd I was looking yeah. for it. Where is it? Oh, this one has it. Perfect. I'll go to that one. That That's great, <laughs> right? But I I don't know if we really need all those places. And like I said, pool all their resources. Make, it, make them all have more stuff that's actually games, what people might actually freaking want. It's tough, though. I don't know if they really I – don't, I don't know how long they really got to try this plan. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, I, I kind of hope they stick around in some way. Um, I know it's inevitable that a lot of these places are going to close, and that really sucks for all the people that work there. Um, a lot of those people kind of suck, though. I, I've, I've never really run into anybody that sucks, though. I've I mean, run into I, a few I, people. I get, I, get, I get that part, but, like, like, the people that I've met in that store that work there are really cool a lot of them like even remember me when i walk in like hey man how's it going and oh, i don't want that you know like, i i don't mind it because <laughs> then i feel like if let's say i need to hold a game they're not gonna really give me shit about it <laughs> so sure it okay anyways GameStop. good luck we'll miss you i mean good luck whoa i'm rooting for you fuck <laughs> i but where like if GameStop goes away what where do i go exactly best buy no a lot of so i was reading this post on reddit about how you go to walmart and they price their games at like even new games like control um are like 50 dollars. Mm-hmm. all the switch games the recent switch games have come out 50 yeah i mean they're that's i could go there i guess although i can't really trade my games in which kind of sucks but sure you could trade your they games need one of those you know they have like coinstar they need one where I can put my old games in and it spits out a ticket. Stick the game in. It's not working. <laughs> Sir, that's not a coin. <laughs> just like it's circular it like a coin. <laughs> Give me a fucking quarter. Give me a dollar for this <laughs> FIFA. All right. Well, that's it for those two businesses. Hopefully they uh, <laughs> are businesses. It. The ESA is kind of like a business. Anyways. It's curtains for the ESA. Good luck to both. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with with the ESA and E3 and with GameStop because it's it's almost like gaming has stepped in front of them and now they're like trying to catch up and they're trying to hold on. So it's so it'll weird. Be, be interesting with GameStop, especially. Or right, no, with both of them, it feels like they could have read the room a little sooner. Like GameStop could have looked at it and said, "Oh, digital's gonna be big. Should we pivot?" Nah. And then five years went by. I think they kind of tried. I mean, they bought that mobile company and then eventually sold it off. They had, you know, they did Game Trust. So, they, you know, they had a couple games come out. So they're, they were trying. I just don't think that they saw enough of it. I don't know. I don't It's We'll see. I, I'm very, very interested to see what happens. As am I. I'll be watching. Oh, spooky. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Ben, you have 
played about a billion games, but you've actually completed a few of them. That's why. Let's go ahead and hear. Yeah. What? I'm going to make this shorter, hopefully, than last week. Because I was playing these games, well, two of these games, very kind of slowly for two, three weeks. So it just so happens that I finished them at the same time. Nice. So Logan and I played through the entire campaign of Gears 5 co-op. And it's it's really good. That is a stupid good game for free that I played. Yeah. Uh, and even Technic- if it wa- basically free, right? Basically free. Ostensibly, even if it wasn't free, that was a really, really good game. Probably one of the better shooter campaigns, of, for sure, of the year. But of recent years, I would put it up there with. Um, I know I wasn't that big on titanfall 2 but i'd put it up there with titanfall 2 it's just as good as that campaign to me yeah um very good lots of cool moments it's they fixed a lot of the issues of four and it feels just like a modern freaking gears game and that's a lot of fun gears is a really really good fun game Uh, i like a lot of the story stuff they go into with the lore it's a little convoluted but they're building something uh it it's really really solid if you don't like if you have an xbox and you have not played this game i do not understand you there's no reason not to it, since you can get game pass for like two dollars yeah. um it's on pc it's on steam it's a really so, really good game speaking of that so yeah. i have a question for you. i want to get your thoughts on this so mm-hmm. as far as sales go from what i've heard i don't have any official like record of it there's there's been talk that it's not selling very well, especially in the UK, for example. Now, well, I saw a that. lot of people. A lot of people are playing it. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are playing this game. It's like three to five million people are playing, um, but it's not selling well now. I don't know how like it translates. Like sales are usually a way to measure the success of something. That that's the thing. So before we even go further, that UK chart that gets referenced a lot because it's like the first week sales you'll see this for a lot of games that does not include digital i believe okay so that's a okay that's a big portion because you'll look at it they did the same article for um division two oh the division two sales are are lighter than the first well yeah four years went by and now people want that game digitally because it's a freaking games as a service i don't want the disc for that i just want it on my console right and obviously a big portion of this game is going to be game pass that's that's a no-brainer i mean that's a big selling point of gaming of game pass which i totally get and my thoughts were like i think even if it wasn't on game pass i think people would have bought it for 60 bucks i would have bought it i might bought gears 4 for 60 bucks yeah and this is a better game than gears 4 this is a very very polished it is one of the most beautiful games i've ever played hands down better than like uncharted 4 or anything anything i've seen it's the best prettiest console game i've ever seen i'm playing better than kingdom hearts 3 yeah by a lot <laughs> it's 4k hdr it's freaking beautiful uh and, and it's it's fun it's what you want from gears in not a stale way yeah if that makes sense and they add new weapons and new abilities you got this little sentry robot that you can um he can put like shock traps down or he can pick up ammo for you and bring it to you. He's kind of helping out and a third co-op person can play as him too. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, and one of the abilities you get is to turn yourself invisible briefly. And okay. then you can upgrade it towards the end of the game. You get an upgrade for it if you find it that lets you keep staying invisible even if you shoot or attack. So <laughs> there were some missions where at the end, what, oh, they don't see us, turn invisible. And then I would run in and just stealth kill like seven kinds. <laughs> and it was so cool. <laughs> ah, that game's good. And then, and then like, oh, the stealth's off. And now I'm doing fun shooting. It's awesome. Game's awesome. Really, 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 really good game. Anyway, that's enough. Unless you have any more questions. I don't want to I do. So I was I listening to, um, and this is actually more to compliment Gears. So okay. I was listening to the Giant Beast cast. Shout out to the Giant Beast cast. Uh, one of my favorite gaming podcasts I listen to. Um, and they were talking about how um, Borderlands 3 is more of the same and doesn't really innovate. And that's one of the things that they don't like about it. Like they, they think it's a really fun game things like that but they just don't like the writing and they don't feel like there was enough innovation and some mm -hmm. of the things are even like still kind of bugging about like you know not being able to change your quest while you're already playing i don't know, things like i haven't played the game but little little not, things little things that they could have made that I, they could have innovated on but they didn't so yeah. um but they talked about how gears 5 actually changed and grew and you know modernized itself and that's they're kind of like giving props to it like like, they could have easily just made another Gears 4, and it probably wouldn't have been as successful, but they improved on it, and they added new things, and they tried new stuff. Yep. And so I've been hearing a lot of positive things about Gears 5. And they so I'm added, just... I mean, they added new weapons. They added open world-ish sections in the middle with side quests and things. And, yeah. And it works. There's this one side area where uh, you can, there's a bunch of enemies approaching you, and you realize it's on ice you realize you can shoot the ice and drop the enemies into the ice. So you're playing this complete other meta game of, okay, let me shoot them into the ice, and then, oh, crap, I got to advance, but that's going to be on the ice. So I got to make sure they don't shoot me under the ice. It's really cool. There's a lot of smart things, and like you're saying, it doesn't need to. It really didn't need to, but they they did a, a pretty damn good job. And story-wise, it's interesting at the very least and well very very well told it's the production values are just this game is expensive it's very expensive <laughs> i'm sure you, you could just feel it there's this part two it, it has its own pacing where it will stop the action and do a 10 minute walk through this city that's beautiful and you're like, wow this is this is cool it looks like i'm a monster hunter and then oh no they're attacking and you go right back the reverse way through that city and get to see everything that you just saw that was all pretty now it's all destroyed and you're under attack and it, it's really cool it does a great job uh with almost everything it's great i can't speak Gears to the five. multiplayer though but yeah, yeah. I, I hear a lot of people don't really like that escape mode but they really are digging uh horde mode yeah i bet horde is fantastic because of all the new abilities and things they added it it's really cool enough about gars gars five gars five i played control finished control um i don't know did i tell you i i there's four I, I didn't get four achievements so when i finally beat it there's only four achievements i didn't get that's how much i played of control damn it's quite a bit i did almost almost everything i'll say i do want to go back and uh, i'm on an xbox but get the platinum in air quotes and I really, really do like this game quite a bit. There are moments of it of 
pure excellence where something cool will happen. I, I would say like the last two hours are just, wow, this is freaking cool. I really like this a lot. And that's narratively and what's going on gameplay wise. It, it just has a lot of other problems. I feel like I love all the story. I love all the setup. I love that. I love aesthetically. I love, I love it. It's to me, it has a lot of gameplay issues where I need to go back and play quantum break, but I think I liked the combat more in quantum break. Um, like a lot more. The combat in here is just really fast and not like you can't focus on anything that's going on around you. So they, here's, here's what I mean by that. Yeah. All these remedy games, at least the last couple have a big focus on the kind of physics destructibility tech behind it to where I'm in an office building and control and I can pick up that computer monitor and throw it through the window and the window breaks and the, the blinds in the window move and then that monitor hits something behind it and that knocks that over or I, I pick up an exploding something and all the pieces of everything go flying and it's really cool to see the physics and all the stuff they have at work. All the cool tech they have in this game is, is unbelievable. All the pieces you can break off of a pillar. When, you, when a combat scenario ends in control, I spend a lot of time just looking around at the environment to see what the hell happened because it's it's awesome i think destructible environments are a lot of fun and they've built that tech out and it's the best it's ever been but in combat you can't enjoy it there's no moment i think about this if you were crowd like a third person shooter you're crouched behind a pillar and you're reloading right and someone's shooting at you and they shoot the pillar and pieces of it are falling off and maybe someone throws a grenade to the side and it blows up a bunch of things and you get to see it cascade in front of you and it, it looks cool and it keeps you in the moment it's awesome visceral fun grounded whatever that doesn't exist in control but all the tech does and it just pisses me off constantly because i want to watch it i want to be able to pick up that table with my telepathic abilities or whatever and watch as it knocks that guy over into the other thing and he falls off the railing and then something else blows up and that knocks this desk off the wall and it cracks this other thing. I want to watch that fun, incredible machine destruction thing, but I don't get to enjoy it. And they built this awesome sandbox with all these physics and particles and nonsense, and you don't get to enjoy it. You don't get to watch it. You just get to be in it and then look at the debris when you're done. Okay. If that makes any sense. I know it's like a weird complaint to have with it. Uh, So to move on from that, the combat, oddly enough, I don't think controls super well. Having, like, flying and throwing stuff at the same time never never felt super great to me. It's very limited where I can throw something at you or I can block, like, I can have a shield, or I can shoot you. And it just is missing a third or fourth offensive option. Um, you have a melee attack, but it's super weak and you have to be so close, it's not even worth it. Uh, so essentially, you're just kind of flying and dashing, but you can't dash too much because that's the same energy meter as your throwing ability or your shield. So you, you, can do that. you can't do that much. And if you run out of that, you're just shooting, and the shooting's not very good. So it, it just never quite worked for me. The combat never really, never really hooked me in, in control. Um, 
and it'll set up these moments that are unbelievable like to the point of where i can't i don't want to say anything about them because i don't want to spoil them there's one that i'll just call a a refrigerator and there's one that's a mirror and both of them are amazing setups with the environment going into them the lore going into them everything is so freaking cool just out of this park amazing amazing and then you get to the end of them and it's a boss fight and you look at the boss fight at the boss and you say that's really cool i love that boss can't wait to fight that and then the fight sucks (laughs) every fucking time the fight sucks every single boss fight in this game is terrible I hate I've, it. I've heard there's some frustrating battles oh in it. Oh my god! Um, I'm and, hearing really good things about it, and it's kind of made me like want to check it out. And to me, I think I'm gonna end up loving that game because it almost looks a little bit like Infamous in a way, like a little bit of that style. I could see that? I could see yeah. that. Yeah. But the, the thing is, too, I'm talking specifically about off the beaten path side levels. The main plot doesn't really have as many choke points as a few but some of these side things it's just like why there's this one guy so when you can levitate right if you fall down a hole you'll die which makes sense but yeah it's not fun and it sometimes a hole in one of these fights in particular can just appear underneath you and because you're trying to dash and throw things really quickly and you're so involved in the combat I can't be looking down at the freaking floor all the time for holes <laughs> appearing out of nowhere. So yeah. you fall through a hole and then you have to go through a 30 second loading screen back Ugh. to the checkpoint where you were. And yeah. then you got to run a minute back to where you were to get to the boss fight, to fall into the hole again. And it's just, Oh, it's not fun. That's and, almost very like dark souls. Yeah. But <laughs> if dark you have to run all the way back. It was through. super annoying. Because, yeah. uh, it, it does sound very Dark Souls, and I wouldn't level these same complaints about Dark Souls. But the difference is, in Dark Souls, a freaking hole doesn't appear in front of you. <laughs> no, and you're like, oh, no, a hole, and you fall and die. Like, yeah. it's basically you died against the boss. You didn't fall into a hole that was just all of a sudden there. Um, but besides that, I love the story. I love the lore. Uh, that's awesome. And there's, dude, the ties. I haven't played Alan Wake but the ties to Alan Wake are so cool and so interesting. I'm going to play Alan Wake. It is oh. there. I think I got it for free on Epic. Probably. On the Epic launcher. Dude, there's this one note that you pick, cause you pick up a ton of notes in this game, like the hundreds. Uh, there's this one note about that relates to Alan Wake that I'm sitting there going, this is the cool. If I was an Alan Wake fan, I would be shaking right now. This is so cool. What they just did. It's incredible. It it that stuff's awesome. I, I want to play on like just to just to feel this, uh, but it's a great game. It I was I told Logan this as we were playing Gears. This is the best eight out of ten I've ever played. Oh, like okay. It's I mean eight out of ten still really good. It's freaking excellent, but it's got <laughs> so many problems that it just knocks it so far down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate, really, because uh, overall I, I I do very much recommend it. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping to play it before the end of the year and before like game of the year stuff starts cuz uh I plan on renting it trying to just like smash through it in a weekend or something. Yeah. It, it took me 20 um, hours. Okay. I mean, so, and a lot of the a lot of the there's like a lot of side stuff that's optional. Yeah, too, and, and so. like I said, I did the vast majority of the side stuff and I read every note that I found. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. I I, pl- I definitely plan on playing it because I I know if I don't play it and then 
it be, it starts you know coming up in a lot of game of the year discussions i'm gonna hate myself it's, so it's definitely going to and i think it deserves it i just feel like it's very flawed the one re- thing i'll say finally about quantum break in this is i loved quantum break that's one of the reasons why i bought control just because i want to support remedy because i love quantum break uh but quantum break is like a time travel story mm-hmm. and i love time travel sci-fi so that's a big thing that had going for it and i just feel like the combat's better man I, you can throw these like time grenades in quantum break and it stops time for that enemy that's in the grenade and then you shoot it full of bullets and then when time continues all the bullets just hit them and they go flying it's awesome damn and then there'll be moments in that game where it's a the time breaks or something i forget exactly but and then if someone blows up a car it blows up into the air and then it'll stop and then it will rewind and then it'll do it again it'll blow up again and then it'll rewind and so you could be taking cover behind something they blow it up and that the cover's gone and then it comes back it it just does weird shit and in control it's just like we made shooty fly pew pew and i don't know and some of the enemies in control they kill you really fast for no goddamn reason it's it's a mess it's a little bit of a mess enough about control that was control next week i promise i'm gonna have 75 games to review because i will not be finishing anything uh real quick i got from gamefly marvel ultimate alliance 3 okay and i played through that real quick it's a if you just do the main plot it's like 10 12 hours um there's a ton to do if you want to do that difficulty modes optional challenges leveling up all the characters if you want to do that i don't really care uh okay also gamefly i'm just here i'm here for the plot to get out it's very basic very mindless fun uh i really liked the story and how they bring in because it's thanos again but yeah yeah the x-men are here and and the immortals are or the immortal the inhumans are here Uh, there might be immortal i don't know who are the immortals doesn't matter immortals are dc i think that that makes sense i was like it's immortal no inhumans inhumans are here uh and, and the way it does the story reveals and things it's a ton of fun where you're in this one place and then out of a rift freaking ghost rider flies through you're like this is weird i like it, it it's it's dumb fun in a lot of ways does, in the it, plot. does it get repetitive or like boring or the mindless after a while yeah yes it does okay yeah it definitely does um some characters i i found more fun to play as than others but for the most part it works you can switch between all four or you know you have four in your unit at a time but it's worth playing through and for a certain segment it's going to be a game you get a lot of money and time out of like this was if i was 14 i would have played the shit out of this game like hundreds of hours because there's a lot but no now now ben just plays 10 hours and it's done see ya (laughs) i beat it and that was fun that's all you need i love the like ultimate alliance games and the x-men legends games. i only ever played the x-men ones but this is more basic this is like a lot there's no equipment it's just some moves you can level up the moves a little bit and then there's kind of a sphere grid type of thing that affects everyone that's it really okay um it's it's fun and you know obviously if you like marvel there's a ton of really cool just moments and things to see it's worth playing through to see the plot 
as hokey and as probably predictable as it is. <laughs> it's cool though. I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll ever pick it up. It's it's a game that I was interested in, but then after a while I just kind of like didn't care. It's fine. You know, it's fine. You know what you're getting into. It's like Borderlands yeah. 3. Do you want more Borderlands? Here it is. Do you want more Ultra Here Alliance? It Here it is. Yeah. That's all it is. I don't want any more Borderlands. Nah, me either. <laughs> uh, well, I'll go ahead and round out uh, with something that I am playing. Um, I played the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta. Um, I started out playing some just regular... I think it's just like a quick play um, playlist. And there was, there was regular TDM... There was some um, domination, and so at first the game felt really weird. So it didn't feel like normal Call of Duty to me. It felt a lot more like Battlefield, like just the like hmm. way it felt playing, like slower, almost like janky. Wait, and oh janky. And the more I played, the more used to it I got. I started playing um, the two v two mode, which I actually wound up enjoying more than I did last time. And a lot of it was probably because I don't like the maps that they have available for the beta for just, like, the regular TDM and domination modes. Um, I played Ground War, which is just kind of, like, large-scale. It's, like, 34 versus 34. Um, that was very, very Battlefield-like like as far as okay. is how it felt. Um, you had vehicles. Um, you had points, oh. like control points to capture. and But I actually did really like it. Um, the thing I don't like about Battlefield was constantly having to run. Like, if you're losing or you don't have close respawn points, your teammates aren't are like all dead or whatever, you can't really respawn close to battle. So you're constantly running all the way to battle or having to get a vehicle. Yeah. Which isn't all that bad. I just think it takes too long to really get in the action sometimes. But um, I did end up liking it. And then the more I played, the more I realized the reason why it feels not as good as, as the way it used to is because Apex just feels so good. Oh. And, and this is something that, that, like, I've been noticing with other shooters that I've been playing. is like, like, even when I – because I, I started playing Titanfall 2, like, the other day just starting it up. I haven't really played much of it, but I wanted to kind of start it. And it feels good. It feels just as good as Apex. And, like, they just – like – and of course respawn you know they had some of the original people from call of duty modern warfare modern Warfare 2 they just know how to make a shooter feel so smooth and like like that that's a problem i had with this call of duty was it just didn't feel smooth i mean other call of duties have felt better than this one to me huh but um, have you played any of those since apex so i so since i played apex i have not gone back to play world war 2 or um uh, black ops 3 or black ops 4 i have not gone back to play them so i don't really know if that's gonna if it's the same thing with the other ones i just know that with this beta i really didn't like enjoy it as much as the other betas that i've played for call of duty usually i'm like right back in i'm like i love it i'm back in a cod here we go this one just like i wanted to stop playing it like i was recording <laughs> some footage to see if we wanted to do like a let's play or something and i had some fun in some matches and just did not like any in the others like i just did not have a good time with some of the matches and a lot of it i just don't like they have like a map that's kind of like in a desert kind of like i don't i don't really know what to call it there's a cave there's like these little huts it's in a desert on the side of a mountain kind of a thing and so cave desert hut yeah it just sucks <laughs> that map sucks i hate it it's <laughs> it sucks it's shitty um oh, no and that right away just made me like 
already start not liking it. And then just the feeling of it. I don't know if it was the guns or if it was just the way it felt. Huh. I just like, and um, I think Kika from Game Fanatics agreed with me that Apex just plays way better. It really does. Apex. It really does. I only played it for a very brief time, but that was the one takeaway. I was like, wow, this game feels good. Yeah. Just yeah. feels right. Feels right. Um, mm-hmm. And then last thing, um, I am, so by the time this podcast comes out, the game will be officially out. I'm playing Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. I'm playing the Steam version, which isn't out yet. Oh, no. Um, writing a review for the what Game Fanatics. What is the grid? And so the way, they, the way they explain it, and I never heard about this shit, so <laughs> bear with me. So the grid is where the Power Rangers get their power from when they morph. And okay. basically what's going on is there's an evil version of, like, Tommy who kills Rita. He kills Rita. What's he steals her power. Happening? And then he starts taking, he starts, like, using the grid to capture Power Rangers, and he starts ma- making, like, replicates, kind of. So it's all of a sudden turning into, like, Kingdom Hearts. And so, and so you're, like, basically just battling evil versions of yourself. Now, I am not, I am not a fighting game expert in any way. They uh-huh. are one of my least favorite genres of games. Okay. Not, like, I'm a fan of watching them. I love Evo, stuff like that. But I just suck at them. I, this game plays so well, and I'm having a great time. There are some frustrating matches where you're playing as Kimberly with, like, two life bars, and you have to fight, like, three guys, and one of them's got three life bars, the other one's got two, and the other one's got two. And it's just, like, almost impossible with her fucking setup, but somehow I still, I just, like, cheese it at a certain point because I was, like, done with it. But it's I think it's a solid fighting game, and I huh. I'm from from what I was reading about, the improvements and the things that they've added for this like release that's coming up is just like night and day what they released originally. Interesting. Like they added, they added the story mode. They added some more voiceover, better voice acting. They're adding like some extra characters. Um, I think they added like an extra like stage or something like that, but I'm surprised how well it plays because it looked really shitty originally but it actually plays really well didn't it come out like at the beginning of the year it's been i think it came out like april or may around that time because i was i had actually requested to to, um, review it on ps4 and we didn't get a code for it okay um but it's so it's been out and i just know it didn't do very well as far as like but this is critically an updated version in some way yeah, so huh. it's the um, it's the Steam version, and I think they're coming out on Switch. The possibly. Ivan Ooze Definitive Edition, Lord Zed Definitive Edition. So Lord Zed is gonna be, I know, in it. Um, he's one of the new DLC characters. Um, he wasn't even in it originally. Nah, 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 nah. Was Goldar? Or Goldar? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it is. Let me see if I can find it here. Power Rangers Assemble. So let me uh. see. No, that might, that might be a different thing. Want to do another is... ad? Stuff box. Get some stuff. stuff. Box. Do you like Get marbles? <laughs> I got a lot Shit. of fucking marbles. So if you guys could subscribe, <laughs> <laughs> I need to unload a lot of these marbles. Okay, so it looks like it originally came out on PlayStation Four, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and then so Steam is going to be the latest version, and they're adding like. They're adding some characters that I've never heard of, but there will be Lord Zed is going to be one of them that they, that I have heard of. Um, 
they're adding like a gold Zeo ring. I at a certain point I stopped watching Power Rangers. Zeo uh-huh. sounds so familiar. There's been like 19 other versions probably, but yeah, you stopped whatever. watching. They didn't stop making. No, they definitely did not. But it's <laughs> I gotta say like it's it's a pretty solid fighting game, and I wonder if they'll keep adding to it. And eventually, it'll get a little more like notoriety in the fighting game community because it's got some solid mechanics. I feel like no. I don't I don't think it will, but I wonder <laughs> if people will start like I mean I I think I think it plays pretty well. I've played it some other fighting games, especially based on like shows and anime and stuff like that, and I would say it's one of the better ones. Um okay. I was we were talking about Jump Force earlier and um I'm interested in getting back into that. I know they've added a ton of DLC characters and I'm wondering if there's just like a cheap price to get all of them. I actually liked the way that played, but the story stuff was kind of like not fun, I guess. It kind of yeah. like it was just a little too much. They were trying to really make it into this, like, three-branching stories. Kind of a lot a of, like, running around, going on missions, which is a little too much for me. I'm playing other games. I'm just slowly, like, trudging through other games. But those are the two main ones that I wanted to talk about because they're very, like, new and relevant, I guess, for the most part. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of games coming out very soon. So oh things to be excited about. So don't. Mm-hmm. Fear the Reaper. I'm very excited for this week is Code Vein. Very excited. Oh, yes. So excited. Oh, there's just so much. Like, the next game I'm most likely going to get is going to be Pokemon, but Outer I love Wilds. Code Vein, but Worlds. I'm going to wait on it. Outer Outer Worlds is coming soon. I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot. Too a much. Lot. Make it stop. Yeah. Make it game stop. Just kidding. Oh. Um, <laughs> I ESA what you did there. No. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, not All not right. very good. All right. Maybe it's time to... You want a marble? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Just send it back. Return to shipper. It's my marbles. <laughs> I think... Yeah. Okay. That's going to do it here for us at the Final Checkpoint Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for giving us some time to figure out what the hell we're going to say. And mm-hmm. uh, we will catch you next time. Same place, same podcast same channel.